This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Good morning. My name is Rafaela Camera. I lead the global innovation and market strategy for Accenture XR, Extended Reality, which really stands for AR and VR. Uh, what I really love about consumer experience, I am originally a musician, a classical pianist. I worked in digital. I worked in advertising, traditional advertising, and then, and then uh, uh, digital advertising, and then AR and VR as of 2010. Uh, what I like the most is this idea of being able to create meaningful, um, connected experiences with consumers that brands can do and try to keep them as authentic as possible. What does that mean and how does XR play into that? Um, certainly you can immerse consumers and users in a specific situation. You can let them choose how they want to interact with you and how they want to interact with products because all of a sudden they are in, in, in an interactive type of environment and really in a way they, the idea would be that they would have their own individualized reality which is partly based on what the brand can uh, decided to uh, shoot to them, but partly also depends on what they decided to interact with and what they're interested in. Extended reality, you know, your augmented reality, your virtual reality, all of the different realities are changing the reality that we experience as consumers, as marketers, as brands. And uh, as a result of that, new technologies, new ideas are coming to play to bring us to the next level. And one of the companies doing that is Accenture Extended Reality. And uh, they're sure showcasing that and talking about it at CES 2020 on location in Las Vegas. We're here now and coming up, you'll hear from the Managing Director and Global Head of Innovation and Market Strategy for Accenture Extended Reality on what that means for B2B and B2C and B2B2C. All coming up next. From New York City, you're listening to Retail is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the retail industry, recorded on location. Raphael, so great to have you on the show. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your very, very busy CES schedule (laughs) to join us. I'd like to start here. Uh, I, I happen to know from talking briefly with you before the, the interview that uh, you're a former classical pianist, uh, as my wife is is a is a professional pianist. Uh, yeah. And one of the things I, I've learned uh, from her is that um, the skills that she's learned that allowed her to do well at being a pianist uh, extend deeply into the other things that she does. Uh, There's just a certain type of person that can do that well. Mm. And my question for you is, what is it about your abilities and your experience in being a successful pianist, uh, successful enough to be a classical pianist, that's not easy, that allows you to understand and navigate successfully the world of extended reality. How, where do you think that connection is? No, I, uh, that's a really, uh, really, really good question. Um, I think when you are a musician, you are forced to use uh, your senses in a different way. Uh, because all of a sudden, uh, hearing and touch, because you're playing with, with your hands or with your mouth or something... Um, forces you to really interact and think about uh, and switch your mind a little bit. Also, the fact mm. that you read mm. in a different way because you're, you're reading notes, so you're reading images. Uh, sometimes you're, you're making your both hands doing something different and your feet and all that. 
Uh, I think it shapes the way that you um, think and the way that you relate to things a little bit differently. And it, on one side, it's difficult to tell you how, because that's all that I know. Uh, I started playing when I was four. Uh, but I have seen um, many musicians tend to be um, creative in other parts of uh, life. Um, and they usually tend to be very attracted to technology and innovation and anything that is digital or new more than other um, type of entertainers. Like I don't see that with actors, I think because they're mostly just um, repeating something. There, there is something that is not quite there, but I've always seen musicians being very attached to anything that, that is new and innovative. I, I think it, it comes with it. I don't know. Interesting. Uh, thank you. Uh, now you're here at CES uh, with obviously uh, Accenture extended reality and you know, I've talked with enough people about extended reality over time that when most people talk about it, they seem to be talking about either entertainment or they're talking about the buying experience or the experience being in a retail physical environment or uh, or uh, the buying experience of, say, imagining a, what a sofa will look like in your, in your home or whatever. But... It sounds like what Accenture is doing with Accenture Reality is thinking well beyond that. It's really going into the actual operation of an enterprise brand or a retailing uh, operation, even imagining um, uh, how a retail space could be used yes. or the way inventory will flow yes. and so forth. So can, can you talk a little bit about how you your company has been imagining these other use cases? Yes how you're communicating that and what you're seeing brands are recognizing a need that maybe they never knew they had. Yes. Um, I think for too long, you're absolutely right. For too long, uh, XR has been uh, pigeonholed with uh, oh, games and entertainment and what you see and everything that is just uh, consumer and very much consumer directed, which in turn has made it a little bit less um, uh, powerful of a tool because um, you still don't have uh, as many devices in the hands of consumers. So then it's easy to say, oh, well, it's, it's not doing really well. Uh, and that's really not the case at all. Um, what we believe at Accenture, uh, generally speaking, is that each consumer, each business partner, and each employee will have to have their own individualized reality. And each one of our clients needs to be able to deliver that in order to compete in what we call the post digital era. So the three main technologies that we believe are going to allow uh, us and our clients to do that are quantum computing, artificial intelligence, and extended reality, AR and VR. So when you, when you look at extended reality, we really think of it as solutions, uh, not experiences, but really how do I take, how do I look at, right, at right. the value chain of different uh, businesses? And if I apply an XR lens, can I actually get a better result? And if that's the case, yes, I'll go ahead and do it. And of course, our clients want to want to then adopt it. There, there really is a, a different kind of thinking because the more you just really clarified it for me. We've thought of virtual reality and, and augmented reality of either imitating reality mm -hmm. or creating a new reality, but not so much analyzing mm -hmm. the, what that reality is and, and using it to figure out the most efficient use of 
the, uh, the way we go about our business strategy or whatever. That's yeah. fascinating. I mean, you can do it in different ways. If you think about XR, at the end of the day, what it is, it's the evolution of digital. Mm-hmm. That's all that it is. You're going to be able to interact with information and see information in a different way. And you're going to be able to be delivered a different type of information that hopefully is more related to what you want. So it's to, to pigeonhole it in just uh, experiences or, oh, now you can, you know, you can, uh, you can go and shoot somebody in, uh, you know, and, and it feels like they're already there. Yeah. That's such a limiting way of looking at it, which is kind of typical when something is right. new. But certainly we're looking at it as a full-fledged solution. So typically we've thought of uh, XR or in many cases just specifically virtual reality or augmented reality as oh, an individual experience. But you're really talking about, I mean, if you look at the website for Accenture Extended Reality Services, <laughs> it talks about delivering innovative XR experiences at an enterprise scale. Yes. First of all, wow. And second of all, what does that actually mean at an enterprise scale? That just seems like such a formidable undertaking. (laughs) Well, basically what it means is that, again, we want to create solutions that can be adopted at scale, either from an enterprise perspective or from from a consumer perspective. So... um, just to clarify a little bit, we uh, organize our solutions in four major groups. Uh, one is connected worker. Uh, so how do you help workers while they're on the field perform their tasks better? Okay. The second is immersive learning. How do you create learning that is uh, more meaningful and leads to a better outcome? Mm-hmm. The third is something we call VR merchandising or how do I use VR and all the behavioral data that comes from that to then determine what is the maximum sales that I can get out of a physical space? It could be a store, a theater, it could be anything else. And then the last one is a little bit more consumer-oriented is how do I take the traditional digital consumer journey that typically is web to mobile and extend it to account for what consumers are looking for, that mm-hmm. is to be immersed in a situation, to be able to manipulate a product and collaborate uh, with others while doing it uh, using, uh, using now AR mobile, mixed reality glasses and VR. Why do I need those things to figure that out? For example, let's use the use case of making the most use of the space in a, mm-hmm. in a retail space. Why do I need XR to do that? Why can't I just use math? Yeah, no, no it's a, that's a great question. We've been using math all the time and we're still <laughs> using math. Uh, we just gather information a little bit differently. So um, if you don't mind, let me give you actually what we yeah, did yeah, with, with Kellogg's and Qualcomm. Um, so Kellogg's was launching a new product, Pop-Tarts Bites. And they needed to figure out where to put By it. By the way, in. any opportunity to, to, to give an example that involves Pop-Tarts. Uh, yeah, right. Why not? That's great. And if you can say Pop-Tarts bites fast with an accent on top of it, you're doing pretty well. Okay. You get all the points. <laughs> yes, you get all the points. Thank you. So they were trying to figure out where to put them on the shelf. And what you really want to do is make sure that you maximize the sales, but you don't cannibalize sales of other products. They had already done all, all of their tests. And when we talk about merchandising, maybe I should step back. Merchandising is really the art of figuring out Okay, um, how do I change a store floor? Or where do I put this product? How do I change packaging? Or a bunch of other things to make sure that I sell the most that I can. Uh, usually it's done either by following people uh, in person uh, through, through what they're doing, or you could do online type of studies or in-home types of user tests. What we did is we took the same exact test and we repeated it in VR. Uh, so we use a specific VR mobile headset, so untethered. Um, with eye tracking embedded in it. And it was, in this case, a reference headset, a Qualcomm reference headset with with a um, Snapdragon 845. Um, 
we recreated the store in VR and we let people shop like they normally would. But at the same time, what we were doing is we were tracking exactly what they were mm. looking at, why, for how long, were they performing an action while they were looking at something, were they turning the product, were they putting it back down, were they putting it in the cart. And then we analyzed that data exactly. What that allowed us to do at the end of the day is, first off, we, we could show that you can do these same tests in half the time and half the cost. You get meaningful information that's highly correlated to what would happen in real life. But behavioral data collected that way, which you would not be able to collect in any other way, not even if you do it in person and you ask them because they don't know what they looked at or what they did. Gathering that behavioral data led us to a different merchandising conclusion to put the products on a different part of the shelf. And that during testing increased the total brand sales by 18%. You know, that, that inspires me to think also about the opportunity to create a virtual physical store experience satisfying our emotional need to be in the physical store while still shopping is doing e-commerce. What if the e-commerce experience wasn't, didn't feel like shopping on a website, but instead it felt like shopping in a store. Yeah. That seems like a very natural next step. Yeah. Which, which by the way, wouldn't just satisfy the consumer, but it allows you to gather a data about yeah. the way that the shopper behaves in a far more granular way than you can even do with all of the sensors and data captures that you would have in a physical environment. Yes. Um, is, is that part of on your roadmap too about the things that you're thinking about? Yes. And in fact, uh, when we launched the, the XR group, which was in October of 2003 years ago, um, uh, we, uh, we, we, we did it as part of an event with Walmart that was all about VR and VR commerce. And we had created a possible idea of how you could use uh, commerce in VR. So we took an actual uh, fashion shoot and we created multiple storylines. And basically you were following how the model got ready, what dresses she chose, what accessories she chose. And while you were looking at that, uh, and you were making the storyline because you were choosing what she was going to wear. You could see also the information about the products and you could purchase it. And it was beautiful and yeah. did really well. Now, from showing it as a concept to doing it in real life, we, we, need, we need to build a bunch of different things at scale. But yeah, certainly that would be one of the ways that we will shop. It makes a lot more sense than just being on a, on a screen 2D, right? Now, being here at CES, yes. uh, what are your missions here and also, I mean, I, I'm sure it's as many strategic relationships as you can you can gather with major brands. But also, what is the word you're trying to get out? What do you want to leave behind with people that they remember when they met you? And uh, if 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 beyond what we talked about. And also, what are you learning here at CES? <laughs> what, so far, what have you come across that made you go, hmm, I got to take that home and think about it? Yeah, I have not had the chance to walk the show yet, so it's a little bit less than that. Um, certainly what we want uh, people to get out of this is XR is here. XR is not a little tiny thing. It's not just an experience. It's a transformative uh, emerging technology really, that really transforms the entire, your entire business uh, from the operational side to the way that you deal with consumers and the way that you collaborate within the company gotcha. or externally out of the company. And then It's um, gone from nice to have to need to have. Yes, uh, and, and it is here, and it's, it's not, uh, oh, five years from now. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've been saying that for a while, and we strongly believe that, by the way, if you're not 
using it already right now, it's going to be way too late later. It's like uh, when mobile came out. They, yeah. You know, if you're three three years late, you're too late. You, you have you, to integrate it into what you're doing now, yes. or you're you're going to have. Uh, outdated systems yes. that you're going to have to adapt, yes. Yes. And in fact, we have a lot of clients from aerospace to CPG to retail to uh, oil and gas, and they're all using it in some capacity. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we're, just, we're just looking to, again, build at scale. And finally, yes. let's return to your piano roots, shall we? Yes. Uh, since, you're, since you're not playing actively now from a sort of career standpoint, yeah. but, but I assume that the fingers still touch the keys from time to time because that's just who you are. What's one of your go? What, what do you go to play when you just want to feel like you're touching that piano again? Well, it's going to sound very boring, but I actually very much like doing. Uh, the first thing that I like to do is warming up exercises. Oh, yeah. They make my hands feel really good. Um, yeah. It's almost like if I was going to the gym, uh, <laughs> and it just feels really good because then I feel like I have weight in my fingers. Uh, after that, I think I do uh, from a classical perspective. Usually, it's uh, something from Bach and probably something from Chopin. And then off of there, I go to just uh, pop stuff or whatever else they might be. I don't play enough to have the same uh, capacity as I, as I had before. You know, it'd be great for that is, is some sort of virtual reality that you can... You well, no, actually, uh, actually, there are, uh, there are tools like that. Yes. Uh, VR works really well to teach you how... Well, uh, let, me, let me take a minute. Uh, being a, a classical purist... <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, not, nothing replaces the, the uh, you have to the, be able to feel the, the weight of the keys and the but yes. but having said that uh, to learn uh, what to do and where to place your fingers particularly sure. if it's a percussion type of instrument where you're touching oh, something yeah. uh, which piano is um, there are solutions actually coming out like that so right. yes alright well and uh, any final thought you'd like to leave behind to our listeners as we close out um, it doesn't have to be about XR specifically but uh, this is this is your moment on the stage where you mm-hmm. get your 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 thirty seconds of mentoring. Well, first off, this is not my real voice. I have a really bad cold, and <laughs> I lost the my voice she uses a couple days ago. No. <laughs> um, uh, but this is my accent. Um, I think what I would say is um, uh, enjoy the new type of realities that uh, can be delivered to you uh, with all this technology. Uh, definitely go out and buy a Quest. It's $399. It's a lot of fun. Do explore the glasses when they come out. Uh, have fun with it. At the same time, remember to put everything down and to interact with people and to feel what things really are like uh, because nothing replaces that at the end of the day. That's a very good lesson to leave behind. I wish something that more people left behind was there's still real reality. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, Rafaela, how can people connect with you and the things that you're doing? Uh, definitely uh, our website, Extended Reality for Accenture, uh, but uh, also on LinkedIn. It's Rafaela Camera on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Uh, I don't have the best handle in the world. It's very, very boring. Our camera LA, but you also can find me, Rafaela oh, Camera, and that, uh, you can find me there. That's easy enough. That's yes. easy enough. Rafaela Camera. <laughs> the Managing Director and Global Head of Innovation and Market Strategy for Accenture Extended Reality uh, Services. Yes. That's the whole thing, right? That's so it. <laughs> thank you so much for taking time to CES. Thank it you was for really me. fascinating. And, and it isn't often these days that I 
I genuinely learn something new, and and I, I feel like I've I've got a chance to think about something differently. Oh, thank you so much. So that's my extended reality for the day. I thank guess. You. So, thank you. Uh, thanks again, and good luck with the rest of CES. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, that's it for this episode. On location at CES 2020 in Las Vegas, Nevada. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. I'm Mark Rico. Have a great day. Bye bye. This has been Retail Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2020. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Connect.